You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Carter comes up shooting. Toronto Sport Matters podcast number 44, where I'm joined with the gang, Gregory Yeroshadis What's to my up, left, Javon Bigart, Bonjour. and the man, the myth, the mystery, Christian Wolfgang Graffin. Boys, how you doing today? Not too shabby. How about yourself? Oh, fantastic. Peachy Keen can't complain. I'm doing awful. Um, so... The beautiful thing and the depressing thing about sport in general is how the narrative can flip every single week. Last podcast, we came in and we had this this enthusiasm about going up two nothing against Washington Wizards. Unfortunately, we are tied up right now two two after two losses in Chocolate City. Um, I guess we'll hit it off the top. Um, what happened, guys? Why did we lose those first two games? I'll throw it to you, Greg. Well, look, we don't play well when we don't play intensely. And in those two games in Washington, we simply didn't bring the hard hat approach. Like, you know, and Dwayne Casey even says this. Like, we don't have the type of talent. Like, I mean, even though the, the Thunder are struggling, see Paul George, he can just, anytime he wants, cross up, get your shot, and it's a good just a chance that's going in. We can't turn on that switch in the same way with our players, especially our backcourt. And when I'm seeing Lowry and DeRozan chilling, and ble- I feel like when, when we feel ourselves too much, Right, we went up to oh, we felt ourselves a little too much. Didn't bring the killer instinct. Didn't play desperate. And Washington brought that. The Raptors let their guards down. It, literally, our guards down, and we could build off that in in a second. I don't know. What do you guys see? Well, in game three, I think Wall and Beal just. I mean, the narrative after game two was pretty much that Beal couldn't. Beal wasn't doing anything. Right. I think he had eight shots after game two. And he came back hard. Him and John Wall's had a great series this, so far. We mm-hmm. haven't been able to stop John Wall like at, in any game so far this series. That's been a big narrative. And I think the fact that we can't hit a freaking three, especially in the last game that we just played. Uh, I mean, it's... it's <laughs> Living with, and dying by those threes. Well, well it's the true. issue, right? Well, especially on the, you know, with the Washington Wizards. You know, they have the two superstars, Bradley Beal and John Stars, Wall. one superstar. Um, you know, John Wall, half-court yeah. ISO play. Like, we can stop that, or we can kind of contain him to a certain degree. We can't contain Bradley Beal, you know, the 2018 version of Ray Allen, going hot from the three. You know, it, it's very difficult oh. to deal with one of them, let alone two guys that can single-handedly change the momentum of a game. Okay, but, I mean, to combined on their best night, what are they going to get together on their best night? 60? Usually when one does really well, the other one doesn't do as well in terms of points mm-hmm. so what are they gonna get 50 60 max to beat 56 us 56 in game three so yeah and that's and game three it was the prime example of what i mean about the effort we just didn't bring the effort and they played very desperate in the last game we actually came out with that intensity yep. but washington really did want it more uh and they came out and and they outplayed us definitely down the stretch but my point is going back to what you were saying brandon 
those two together shouldn't be able to beat us because we can. Yeah, but the if ours players are playing, that our backcourt cancels that yeah, out, the and then I'm the rest of our team right is here, better. Though, with the Raptors, though, you have Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Washington Wizards. You have John Wall and Bradley Beal. I think with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, respectively, what you're getting is maximum effort on a nightly basis, regardless of this game one of the regular season, game 45 of the regular season. I didn't see or max the effort. second series of the NBA playoffs, for example. John Wall and Bradley Beal, in my opinion, have the capability of getting to that second level. You know what I mean? Getting to that, you know, 40, 50 point range. I love DeMar DeRozan and I love Kyle Lowry. I just don't think they have that sort of like, you know, super max option we've seen more from Kyle set. we've seen a lot more from Kyle Lowry though in the past like I think he has a higher level than what we've currently seen so far but based so, on the last few seasons of playoff no. play that's been the biggest issue with that superstars have that next like a LeBron James a prime I example, think DeRozan is closer to Wall and Lowry's closer to Beal right now in terms of production but but again outside of those that that matchup the rest of our team is better than the rest of their team so my point is even if we can't stop Wall like we can, as long as we don't have to double team him. And honestly, if Ananobi didn't get injured in the latter half of that last game, I don't think he would have gone off the way he did. Ananobi really was shutting him, or I mean, was really bothering him. Well, with the luxury of the Toronto Raptors is our depth. You know, we have the ability to put out different looks. We have different types of players who facilitate different types of needs depending on the situation of the game itself. Javon, the question I have for you, you know, who should be playing in crunch time? You look at a guy like DeLon Wright, for example, who has like the physical makeup of being a lockdown defender, especially on a guy like John Wall, Bradley Beal. Kyle Lowry as well, you know what I mean? Like, it's an undersized guard, you know, put DeLon Wright, Lowry, DeRozan. Like, what is the ideal crunch time lineup for the Toronto Raptors, and who do you want to see on the court? I definitely want to see Dwayne Casey give Jonas Valanciunas more looks. I mean, I'm looking at these numbers right now. Preach! The only negative number I see is he's given, he has multiple turnovers. So in game, game four, he had three turnovers. Game three, he had two turnovers. And, you know, that's a little bit too much. But when I look at those numbers... I mean, is he being put in the right situation to succeed? Uh, are the Raptors giving him the ball and he's getting double team and guys aren't cutting to the basket, aren't, aren't moving to the open spot? Mm -hmm. Bro, they're just not hitting him that's on a the great, roll. That's a great point. You know, I think with JV, and we've talked about it ad nauseum uh, throughout the season, the podcast, how he fits in in specific situations. Obviously, there's going to be that team, especially when they're kind of, you know, stretching the floor, you know, playing an undersized guy at the five. JV may not be able to be on the court. But against the Washington Wizards, yeah. especially against a big man like Marcin Gortat, you would like to see more JV on the court. No, you need Especially him. You need time, him. Right? But at, at least even because, and now, you know, I suppose we, we can talk a little about what really happened at the end of that last game, which wasn't nothing. Like, what we saw at the, at the end of that last game is something that's haunted the team in the past, which is, put, like, two guys in the backcourt trying to make it happen on their own. Isolation ball, forcing shots. You know what would be really great if you had a third guy on that you could throw it to as an outlet because JV can always get his shot off at least. Yeah. And when he's out there, at least you know if those guys are clanking shots, at least you got a big dude that can get that gets you a tip, right? Like the problem for me wasn't so much our defense down the stretch; it was our offense. And this grinded to an absolute halt. So does this performance speak volumes to the fact that Fred Van Fleet has been out and what he brings to the court? Well, that's a great question. Like, Graffin, how do you see Van Vliet, like, how does he fit into this matchup stylistically, especially, you know, being an undersized guard, especially, you know, with the lineup we've seen with, you know, potentially Lowry, Van Vliet, and DeRozan? Well, I think, again, like, we've seen Washington have success when they go small. And, like, Mike Scott has been really successful playing center for them. And it's worked a lot because of the screening and the rolling that they do. They basically just switch on the Raptors all the time. Basically, every single 
time we go on offense, they have no problem switching on whoever sets the screen. So it creates a lot of problems. For Van Vliet, I think that's the hard part. is because defensively, he's not going to be really able to guard Wall or Bradley Beal. And if they do switch and DeMar's guarding Otto Porter then that means that they're going to have to you know, roll off to him. It's very, very difficult to see him fitting in. The only reason I say we need him on the floor is because of his three-point shooting mm-hmm. and because of his poise. Like The Raptors look so out of sorts, and he seems to be sort of like a floor general out there. So for Especially me, in crunch time. Yeah, exactly. But like, isn't that problematic? Sorry to interrupt. Isn't that problematic that we have two veteran all-star guards and you're looking for poise out of a, out of a second-year player with no playoff experience? The only like, thing is, are you really surprised? Like, all year long, though, we've seen that happen. No, but, but like, if the difference between winning and losing a playoff series is Van Fleet, you have bigger problems with your team than him not being there. Well, look, CJ Miles couldn't hit a three. DeMar wasn't hitting any shot. Like, he shot under, I think, around 33%. Like, he's sort of a guy that can get people going in the right moments. I guess he's more clutch than anything else. Yeah, my my issue with with okay, so we going back to JV quickly, like when he's on, and part of the reason why he gets turnovers is like when he is on, he doesn't get the ball a lot. So when he gets it, he tries to force it sometimes, and they give him the ball like so sparingly that he tries to force uh, uh, offensive opportunities that might not be there. Also, like. Dude, he's one of the best guys in the league on the roll. Hit him on the roll. But what was happening was they were just, like, keeping the ball too long and trying some, like, skip pass out to a shooter or trying this, like, ridiculous fadeaway. Like, DeMar got stuffed by Marquise Morris. Stuffed. Unacceptable. Just to quickly go back to Van Vliet. If, If you could take back going for 60 wins now and have him not play in the Miami game or play limited minutes... Are, are you guys really like Joe Vaughn and Greg? You guys really wanted sixty wins. Is it really worth it now that Van Vliet hasn't played in if four we games got this the series? Sixty wins, it would be <laughs> worth it. And now that we don't, and we lost one of our, you know, main pivotal six, basically our sixth man, is it worth it? Well, he'll be playing in the next game, right? Are you sure? They're I'm saying he's sure. questionable. questionable. Upgraded to questionable. I think he'll play because he he the fact that he tried to go in game one, and I don't even think he was that hurt in game one. I just think he was just overwhelmed in the moment. So they gave him a couple more days rest. I would be surprised if we didn't see him in the, in the next game. But yeah. but you bring up a good point. His size might per, you know that might be an issue in terms of guarding like those point guards. He right they're they're both long those two guards. Well, the, the impact that Van Vliet has is playing against the secondary unit with the Washington Wizards. You but know like you've obviously seen how terrible you know, their, their benching has been this season. They got to the point where they're literally signing Ty Lawson from China. He's been good. Playoff. No, he's been playing fantastic, but I think it's more he would match up of well. an ability yeah, for yeah. Fed Van Vliet to exploit those defensive matchups and be able to be that guy to put up 15, 16 points against a horrendous second unit for the Washington Wizards. And just hit shots. And I think the most important thing about Van Vliet is he takes the ball out of DeRozan and Lowry's hands. Guys who just dribble the ball for 15 seconds of the shot clock and then pass it to C.J. Miles for a contested three-pointer. At least with Van Vliet, he's going to try and create some offense, try and create some movement, mm-hmm. right? That way guys might be open for a better look at the basket. And I think that's what we need. We just need better looks at the basket. Like, all of our shot attempts, all of our makes, they're, they're low percentage shots, highly contested shots, and that's not going to fly in the playoffs. So uh, I think, though, look, can I also say, I don't think, you know, people are just, the sky is falling, right? Like, I, I don't think it's that big a deal, actually, that we lost two How games. can you say that, though? How Be- can you say that with can a I team explain? marred of inconsistencies within the last two, three years? Can I explain? Getting swept by the Washington Wizards, losing to the Brooklyn Nets in the first round, and obviously losing to the Cleveland Cavaliers last you, year. Because the Wizards are a good team. They should 
take games from Yeah, but we're series. talking about ideal matchups in the first round. Is the Miami, are not, is yeah. Milwaukee, is Philadelphia yeah. an easier path With the exception of, of Philadelphia, I think Indiana, Miami, uh, who, else, uh, who else was ahead of them? Milwaukee. I think those teams are not as good as Washington. In terms, from a talent perspective, the only reason Washington dropped to eight is because John Wall's injury. And they had him in and out of the lineup. Yeah, but Washington was, was that, playing substantially better without the, John Wall in the lineup leading up to the playoffs as well. We saw what we've faced with Milwaukee last year going into seven games against the Bucks in the first the round Bucks as well. The Bucks to me, look Miami like a Miami as well, team. coach of Eric Spolstrom. We've had troubles with him in the past. I just don't see why. I think, out of all honesty, I think Washington is the easiest matchup in the first round. I disagree. Especially this team went to, to the Eastern Conference with, Finals last year. They're not an eight seed. No, they lost to the Celtics in seven last year. In where? Didn't they go to the finals? No, no, no. That's right. They almost tried. They almost got to the Eastern Conference. Right? They they were right there. Like they're 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 a competent. Like people predicted them to be a top four seed in the East. Yeah, the way the season unfolded, Washington obviously didn't hit those expectations. If anything, because John Wall's underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So they dropped. So my point. Look, I'm saying it's not the end of the world if. If we lose the series, it's the end of the world. I don't think. I just don't think the excuse of saying that we're playing one of the more difficult matchups in the Eastern Conference is viable. Uh, no, considering I don't think that's how the deep the Eastern Conference is, or like it's an easier or it's a more difficult matchup in comparison to like Milwaukee or Indiana, respectively. You know, Indiana's two and two of Cleveland right I now. I think the I think the Wizards are a very good team with good, well are a good team from a talent perspective that was always going to probably take one or two games i'm not disputing us. they're a good team and they could so i'm be saying a good it's not team, the, I'm saying if we beat them in though, six in comparison though i think if we beat them in six it's fine i think I, when I, it comes I to really the raptors do. they know how to play good and that's when they get lots of ball movement lots of passing lots of assists and they also know how to play bad and that's when they have a lot of isolation basketball in the end and that's when they shit the bed so i think it just comes down to what what style of basketball the raptors going to bring if they bring the one with the culture reset mentality, they're going to win. But if they bring that same shit they were doing last year and the previous years when they lost, then, yeah. I think of this conjecture of the playoffs, sitting 2-2, finishing with 59 wins in the first team in the Eastern Conference, second best in the NBA, 2-2, two and two, I can still say the Toronto Raptors are not a good playoff team. Unless they show me something a little bit different, I can say that the Toronto Raptors are a good playoff we team. We like the and drama, I, that's all. Ugh. Yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying, though. Brandon, if they pull this off specifically, and especially in six games, if they could pull off within six games, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of move forward with it. Oh, right? God, I hope so. I God, I hope so. If it goes to seven, then, you could re- then we could start. And, and Going to seven, lose. even with a win? Would, spell would be problematic. A potential culture yeah. reset That'd next be awful. season. Okay. No, it, but again, it it's the style in which they the lose, though, right? So if they're losing and because DeRozan's taking 29 shots and like he's taking all the shots in the fourth quarter and they're not really doing anything, then that's the issue. But right? that's intertwined within the complexity of the uh, the identity of the organization or the issue with the organization. If Demar and Derozan is running ISO, then obviously Demar Derozan isn't the best guy to have on the team. To, for conducive to success in the for playoffs. sure, and I, I think, think Dwayne he, Casey needs to bench his ass and show him that hey, that shit's not going to fly no more. We tried the last four years; it's not working. Now let's see what the bench is doing throughout the entire that's a year. Good point. That's a good and point because let's do it. Look, we've we've never seen a team this like a version of the Raptors this deep on their bench. You know what I mean? DeRozan exactly. shouldn't be forcing these shots through ISO. So who's gonna play for DeRozan? Norman Powell? Huh? Which shooting guard is going to play for DeRozan? Van Fleet. Fred, there we go. Uh, so <laughs> moving moving into the second quarter, um, we'll be talking Eastern Conference playoffs. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, we'll play a little bit of music by the man himself, Malad Makimoto. Catch him on SoundCloud. His name is Makimoto. Big thanks to him for the music, and we'll be back in a second. Yeah, we used to be like a piece of artwork under the willow tree. I remember all the things that you would do to me. You remember me? 
the hardest When two hearts evolved We could evolve like a Pokemon You was fire I had to spark I'm a writer And you are the art Don't speak Please shut the fuck up Fights turn to night The city when we tore it up All eyes on us When we hit the club And I know how much You love tequila shots I was Sinatra You had the soul of Pac And I loved you so much I even told my pops He said young man Folks, we are back in the second quarter discussing the Eastern Conference playoffs. So obviously we'll start it off with our arch nemesis, the Cleveland Cavaliers, currently sitting 2-2 two and two against the Indiana Pacers, able to win Game 4. What are your takeaways from this matchup? This is a very interesting like, like sort of way this series has evolved. I think for a lot of people, no one really gave Indiana a shot. You know, I, I'm not saying anything new. This is an, nope. I gave them a shot. You, know, this, you gave them a shot? I don't think I gave Cleveland a shot. I'm the um, opposite. Yo, me, me neither, man. Completely honest with you. I didn't really think they had... I think that they were going to be swept by Cleveland, but clearly Victor Oladipo is an, an MVP conversation. Bogdanovich <sighs> played some lockdown defense on LeBron and put up 30 games the other day as well. And you've seen the evolution of Miles Turner. Graffin, what are your thoughts on this series? Well, just quickly from like the Raptors' perspective, I'm glad that they're grinding it out in that series as well. There's a lot of parity in the East. Yeah, and you know what? Like that's I think for me that was the most predictable thing is that it's going to be a tough series. I thought every game would be close. Um, I don't I didn't I don't think it'd be two two, but I think even if Cleveland were to win in six games or, or in in five games even, then it'd all be like two point games. But it sort of turned out you know not too different. Like Indiana's defended what they've had to do, and then. If anything, I think they're the team to beat in, the, in Game 5 because the way that they've played so far, I mean, I know that we're going back to Cleveland now, but unless LeBron James has one of his crazy quarters or, or games in general, like, I, I've, we've seen it the last two games, but can he keep getting 40, 50, or, like, exactly, exactly. crazy numbers, like, three, five, six games in a row? There was a lot of upside for the Cleveland Cavaliers at the trade deadline, you know, bringing guys like George Hill, you know, um, uh, goddamn Ronnie Hood, um, Larry Nance Jr., uh, Clarkson, respectively, yeah. you know, and guys that, you know, I guess schematically sort of fit around LeBron, like lanky shooters. But like are guys they proven? Defense. But that's the thing. What's your impression of, you know, the co with LeBron James and co this playoffs? It both, but it is LeBron James and co. Um, and they, I've never seen LeBron. Like, LeBron's not Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan He's would better. <laughs> but if from a scoring perspective, Michael Jordan could carry. Let's save a team. this discussion for for another time. But yeah, continue. no, but but <laughs> I'm saying you know there was a quote from Phil Jackson years ago saying the only way that LeBron's going to beat Golden State is if he goes Jordan. He has to take on the brunt of the scoring load, and that's why LeBron went to Miami to play with Wade. It's why he came back to Cleveland because Irving was there. He doesn't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. So those other pieces. They're they're huge, like because they're like when he's kicking the ball out. Once he's drawn the attention of the of the defense, you need to have guys that are reliable knockdown okay, shooters. So and these guys are unproven. All the new guys coming in. Who do you think has been the biggest disappointment at this conjecture? Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood. And why do you think Rodney Hood? Because he just. I remember for the reasons that you said, like when the trade deadline again, all the pundits in the U.S. is like, oh, I love this move for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Like Rodney Hood's you know going to take that next step. In like, theory, oh, no. it was ideal though, like yeah. especially with the pieces they but, sent away to bring but in. There's a reason why Utah wanted to get rid of him. He hasn't been consistent. Mm-hmm. And Jay Crowder, I know we'll get to that, he looks great in Utah. Well, I don't think Jay Crowder necessarily worked in Cleveland because he never was a consistent three-point shooter. I think in Boston, his numbers were a little bit of an aberration departure from reality because he had so many open threes. Yeah. 
with the Cleveland Cavaliers, he wasn't consistently shooting the three. I think with Utah right now, you're really seeing his ability to guard multiple positions, especially on the mm-hmm. wing. Um, what, do you, what are you guys' thoughts of the Cleveland Cavaliers? Where do you think this series is going to go? And honestly, who do you think is going to win it in seven? LeBron's going to win. I don't think LeBron's going to I don't think Cleveland's going to win this series. I think it's going to be the huge disappointment of the players. Really? Yeah, I have full faith in Victor Oladipo and the cast in Indiana to make something miraculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even think it's miraculous to me. I just think it's miraculous to everybody else because they're so caught up. Even you guys are so caught up on Cleveland winning in six, Cleveland winning in seven. I think uh, Indiana's going to go into Cleveland in game five, take it, probably win by, I don't know, uh, at least eight. And uh, they'll take it in six. I, I think, think one I of think the Indiana more has the next two games. I don't, I don't have faith. I'm looking at these stats right now. Kevin Love went two for two for ten his, in game he four. He has a thumb sprain. One yeah. of the more understated things with but the but he's, uh, he's number two with, on the with team, the Pacers, right? Though you yeah. talk Victor Oladipo, right? Yeah, You're getting these like perfect point guards who kind of complement like Victor Oladipo's scores sales get. You know, he has the ball in his hands a lot. Kind of heavy ISO play. <laughs> Guys like Darren Collison as well as Corey Joseph, who don't necessarily need the ball in their hands to yep. be efficient players. Like look at look at it's the game four box. Indiana had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys in double figures, okay? Seven, and, and not m- one guy had 20. How many for Cleveland? <laughs> two? Cle- Cleveland had four guys in double figures, okay. but if you look at those numbers, it's 32 for LeBron, 18 for Korver, and then 12 for Smith, and 12 for uh, Jordan Clarkson. Everybody else did absolutely nothing. And Smith is, you know, so, he was a big part of those teams, and he's just really fallen off this exactly. year. Especially on the defensive side of the but ball. Look, like, yeah, he, if, I think he if wasn't LeBron, a liability before. Now like, he's a liability. Back in the day, he was at least competent enough no, to be able but to guard. I think if LeBron wants to, I think he could win this series. But I think if it comes down LeBron to LeBron has just to win this up. series. I think LeBron he, has to win this series. If LeBron James has an off night, they're losing. No, but I mean, if for anybody him, on Indiana has an off night, he might just say, night, fuck this. I'm out of here. I'm shutting it down. He's been accused of doing that before. Right, like because he but might do you not blame want him? what the next se- series is going to offer. Does do he really blame want him? to play us? Does he really want to? You know, if I mean? I'm LeBron James, I already played 82 no, games. No, not, not necessarily. Right? Yeah, and I, I know he's a, he's super competitive, and you know he wants to win that championship. But he might want to break. He's been. I think the one finals. of the other big issues, kind of with this, is Miles Turner. You know, if you're not getting any PT from Tristan Thompson, obviously Larry Nance is not going to be able to guard the Miles Kardashian Turner. Curse, the man. Kardashian it's curse, man. Kardashian curse. It's real. Are you moving down to the Boston Celtics, Milwaukee? Bucks graph, and I think that one of the big things we we're talking about last week was the lack of depth on the Bucks bench. However, Jabari Parker, Thon Maker, and Maddie D. Del Dova really had an, um, a stellar game four performance. But how do the Celtics compensate for their lack of depth, depth especially of Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward out? You know, especially having kind of a weaker bench in comparison, and who really needs to step up to fill that scoring void? Well, for Boston, it's all about defense. I mean, it's the young, it's their young guys. Like Tatum and Brown are kind of the X factors on that team. They played so weirdly good. enough, and they've played so well. Like Tatum has kind of been that one guy who we haven't spoken about for Rookie of the Year because Mitchell and Simmons are there. But and, if, and if, we don't like Boston. It's true. Obviously, we don't like Boston. <laughs> but Tatum has been absolutely yeah. phenomenal this year. Yep. And Jalen Brown pretty much can dominate any single player that tries to guard him, and he can guard pretty much any player that goes against him. Uh, Eric Bledsoe is having one of the worst series I think I've seen. Uh, I expected way more. When he came out of uh, Phoenix. Hasn't he played better the last few games? Yeah, but I mean, in general, first of all, he's not guard. There's no effort. Like, if even tonight, I was watching the first quarter of the game, and they're leaving some players open. Like, Jalen Brown right now, I think, is shooting 44% from three this playoffs. And 
he's leaving him absolutely wide open without even flinching to go guard him off the mm. line. Like, it's just, there's a lot of puzzling moves. It looks like there's no, we're talking about no effort. It looks like the Bucks sometimes just don't try. And they're supposed to be known as a defensive team. Uh, it's a weird series for me. I just See, think they're going to grind I, it. I out. don't think they're known as a defensive team anymore because they don't have an identity. I think without Jason Kidd, they just don't have an identity. And it's obvious watching them play. I still think that they're going to win because they have by far the superior player. Well, Jabari Parker is sort of like an X factor now. We're starting to see, right? Like if he plays well, uh, his attitude sucks. But I mean, if he plays well and they give him the minutes, he they need someone off the bench. If I they just go roll with their five starters, they're not going to beat Boston. Boston Thon just Maker's been Thon Maker better, was yeah. the biggest difference maker in that game. We talked about this, Greg, but yep. John Henson in liability yep. in the post, and he yep. doesn't really bring any sort of tangibles to the. To the table. Yeah, big, you can't space right? the floor. He, 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 I view him as like you know, someone who has a physical makeup of a small forward, but can't, but is seven foot tall and can't guard the rim. Like John yeah. Henson's a liability in the post, like I just mentioned. But Thonmaker was draining open three, but he had three blocks the other day as well. Like if anything, he's an above and replacement player that position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, moving down the list, uh, Philadelphia 76ers and the Miami Heat. Um, Crazy series. So Joel Embiid, we'll start off with saying Joel Embiid made a pretty uh, bold statement saying the 76ers' time is now after five years of the process under the reign of Sam Hankey. Uh, we're also seeing the 76ers kind of come into shape, especially with getting guys like Marco Bellinelli and Ursan Ilyasova at the free agent bio time. Um, what are your thoughts on the 76ers? And they are, are they realistically the top dog in the East right now, considering that you know, Toronto and Cleveland, respectively, are both tied to They look like it. Definitely playing like it, yeah, for sure. I mean, you're seeing what these young bucks can do. Uh, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are putting on a show, and they look like they've, they've entered the NBA, and mm-hmm. they look like the future. Um, ben Simmons more so because Joel Embiid is an injury waiting to happen, but, you know, they look like... You know, they could go far and they could do damage. They can upset a lot of teams, including the Raptors, this playoffs. It's just their path of victory. Like, they have so many different ways to do it. Like, you can have, like, the Joel Embiid, Domino Lopez post game. You can have Ben Simon, ben, Sim- Simon. ben Simmons, you know, kicking out the ball and just having a fantastic all-around game. Or you can get guys like Ursan Ilyasova, JJ Redick, and Marco Bellinelli getting hot from the three-point line like we saw in game one as well. Yeah, I think the the thing with, the, with that team is those two players you mentioned, are, are defensive liabilities in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? And they're not consistent, uh, with the exception of Well, Reddick. let's see Billy with the same like, have length, though. Like a guy like Robert Covington and Ben yeah. Simmons and yeah. the way they can sort of blanket certain guys between because Covington, of their size. Yeah, between Covington, Simmons, and Embiid, they're a very hard team to, to play off. Oh, yeah. I mean, Embiid's rim protection alone is crazy. And but guys, I, I think we match up well against Philadelphia because we can throw out an actual big and not have to double-team them. Yeah. Right, and I also think we can put Ananobi on, um, on, yeah, and he'll do Yo, a decent job. And I think if we could just contain Simmons, like he actually can't like do a jump shot, like do the motion, <laughs> like he, like I've been watching him. He's an amazing player, and I like watching him. But like he had a nice it, fadeaway last game. It boggles my mind, though, man. It boggles my mind how like this guy is the number one pick in the draft, and it's a guard. Yeah, but and, that, like, that, that's irrelevant. Though, no, Greg. it becomes relevant. Greg, you see how they guard. Look Westbrook? at the numbers he's put up this year. Look what he's done without having the capability to be able to drain a ten foot okay, jump. But, but this but is in Magic playoffs, Johnson like all over again. In, in the playoffs, though, in the playoffs, it's it worked so far. They're up three one. So a triple 
triple double last game and they're how many up points 3-1. you score? How many points? That's you not the you point. Got a triple Miami double shit, and they man. Won. Points aren't but the Miami matter. shit. As a as, as a ball like, distributor, like ability to like, guard the low not post. Not that bad of a team. I think I I don't like Miami. You were talking about Miami before the playoffs started as a dark horse. If Miami faced Toronto, I was as well. I thought Miami. I never said that. I wanted to stay away from Miami for the Raptors in the first round. I I think Miami has the least talent out of any of the playoff teams in the East. I think they have least talent. Definitely. They, they play hard, and, they and they're the decent athletes. Yeah. yeah, they play with the most grit, but, I mean, the talent gulf between Philly and them is huge. I expect them to beat Miami. Well, I wanted them to upset them, but the— Well, the thing the thing you're kind of going at is that, you know, you, you'd expect more out of Hassan Whiteside this matchup, especially I playing against man. some good He's proper low-post guy in Joel Embiid. Well, He's I a guess... baby, too, and he whines, and Embiid makes him look like what he is. Yeah, I don't know why he cries so much. Well, Embiid has just shut him down, I think. And yeah. that's the, that's one of the—they've been able to go to Whiteside. I mean, they don't—they've been restricting his minutes all season because of his whining, like you guys have been talking about. But Embiid shuts down other teams' centers, and he dominates. Like, the only way to beat Philadelphia is to get him in foul trouble and hope Ben Simmons shoots. Yeah, <laughs> the craziest, the craziest and when you had part? him up before, like, you had, you know, Ursan Ilyasova playing the five, and you can't have Hassan Whiteside guarding Ursan at the top of the key. And that's why Kelly Ellen has been playing such heavy minutes the playoffs the craziest thing is we're not even talking about uh the leading score for philadelphia in the last game game four in which they won by uh four points jj reddick went eight of 18 from the field but only took nine threes so he he's <laughs> only oh no but the thing is he only made two of nine of his mm-hmm. threes so that means he went six of nine from the two-point range so you, you you guys sorry you guys would take philly over the raptors right now yes no, i wouldn't i would I right. would. The way it looks right now, yeah, yeah you, you would exactly. have to. You the way it looks right now, two-two against the Washington Wizards. I'm 100% going to the. I think the Wizards are better than the Heat. I do. I think that's the question that yeah, because again, if they played each other in a series, who would win there? I think it's I a matchup issue. Win. I think it's a matchup. Yeah, issue. that's the thing. I think, it's about I think the Heat right? would be a better, would do better against the Raptors than the Wizards are doing right now. I know it's tough to say because the Wizards are tied two all. But they played us well in the regular season. Well, it's the optimistic yeah. outlook. They beat us the last that game, right? Yakim and OG 60. can kind of contain Ben Simmons, right? Yeah, exactly. So. Which is, you know, easier said than done. All right, guys, we'll be back in a second going into the third quarter talking about the Western Conference playoffs. We'll be back in a moment, guys. And again, this is Makimoto. Rosen had a little bit of Manu in him, you know? Yeah, like, 
No. That sounds uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of mono in you. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You got to think about their their roster construct. You know, Paul Gasol realistically should have retired a couple years ago. Rudy Gay is, is a you know, for himself. He he's done his thing, but Rudy Gay is like 34, 33. You know, like not the Rudy Gay. Coming and Rudy Gay was, was Rudy Gay even that no, good? You never. know, he was a score first kind of guy. Um, he's always just potential that never. Dejounte Murray is evolving into a great basketball player, but he's, he's a liability as a shooter. Great lockdown defender. Uh, you know, Patty Mills obviously should be a bench backup point. Danny Green is Danny Green. I don't need to say much more about it. You know, Kyle down. Anderson is you know moves at a glacial speed like a 75-year-old man on <laughs> court as well. So absolutely, San Antonio, it's great that he took one game from Golden State. I, I, I'm not going to say, you know what, fuck it. I'm, Golden State's going to win this game tonight, and I think San Antonio's going to be out, and I hate to say that, but let's look... I want to look forward. I want to look at the New Orleans Pelicans and the Golden State Warriors in the second round. We'll talk about New Orleans in a sec. Um, but, like... I love that matchup. Even with Steph Curry coming back, I, I honestly believe Holiday can contain him. Like I, I, I have never seen someone turn a corner come playoff time like like Holiday's done. You know what else? Season. They're uh, an advantage for the Pelicans aside from the obvious small ball and, and the best Davis. player in the NBA, Anthony Davis. Yes. But you know who coaches the Pelicans? Alvin Gentry, that's who a great used point. To, yeah, he yeah. was the, the assistant that for you know right at the beginning of that era, mm-hmm. so, and you got to think you know like that accounts for something. He'll know stuff about the way. At the very least, he's going to have his team motivated. Mm-hmm. If Steph Curry plays, the Pelicans are getting swept. I'm so, I'm sorry. I, I know it's a great story right now. They that's because this is hate for fucking for Rajon Rondo. Yeah, oh can we address God. that, Brandon? Yeah, I, I want to bring this up. Well, let's bring it up right now. Fuck it. We the San Antonio Spurs going to say Warriors. We talked about switch to the Trailblazers and Pelicans. Christian, can you keep ignoring the emergence of Playoff Rondo? Playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo, baby! I see Playoff Holiday. I see Playoff Davis. I don't see Playoff Rondo. Fuck Rondo. But he already has a chip, man. You you can't go past that guy. That guy's the man. He's done it before. He's brought the Boston Celtics to numerous playoff, you know, heights. But people thought he was done. People thought. This is anecdotal bias hate speech, Christian. This is what I'm going to... But again, (laughs) like with a lot of players, it's situation, right? Like, Mm -hmm. has he been put in the right situation? And this seems to be the right situation for You're him. right, because you know, you're right in the sense that Rojan Rondo realistically isn't an upper echelon point guard, but in the Anymore. right situation, playing with like I just mentioned, the best player in the NBA right now, Anthony Davis, anything's possible. He's currently you averaging in the that. playoffs thirteen point how can you disagree no. with me? Are you telling me right now LeBron James is better than Anthony Davis? Yes, I'm, I'm I not. One hundred percent. I'm not with disagreeing with you. No I'm just noticing how you you're, wrong. You, you're you're on this tilt now. So you're saying that right now he's playing like the best player in the world. You yes. know what? You know what? If you put Anthony Davis on Cleveland, is Cleveland doing what they're doing right oh, now? Going to, them 100%. You think so? I think they're getting swept. <laughs> no, I think they're getting swept. No he's younger and more active, that's for sure. So you're gonna get you can get more out of him. He's not the leader that LeBron is. He's not the guy who can take over a game in the sense that I'm gonna call the plays and run the show. He's the guy who's gonna take orders from a guy like Rajon Rondo. Yeah, but and maybe Drew that's Holiday what Cleveland needs. Execute. They need someone who's not gonna be shouting at them and demanding perfection on the basis, <laughs> but a guy that's gonna come in and make it one cohesive unit and. Work toward the objective goals. I think, to, I, honestly, like I, 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 lo- I love, like I, I think he's the best player in the world right now, Anthony Davis. I love LeBron James, and I'm not hating on LeBron whatsoever. But entering the age 34, I think this is the year where LeBron is literally. I think it's a moment right now where LeBron is slipping, and Anthony Davis as a, is emerging as the best player in the playoffs. You skip Kevin Portland, Durant. 
regardless of Kevin Durant, we'll see what's up in the Golden State Warriors match of KD uh, and yeah, Anthony yeah. Davis. When they go small, I'm yeah. This. Hey, man, I'll eat my words and I will concede the defeat if, if Golden State smokes them out. But are right you, now, I'm, I'm just going wondering, like, are you ignoring? Like, are you ignoring stats right now? LeBron James is averaging his best stats in years. I'm, I'm nearing the eye in test the on court season. and impact on court. No, well, he's, he's getting a triple-double. Well, once you have a gangster like Rojan Rondo feeding him the ball, you know what I mean? Obviously, I'm just joking. Sixteen assists last game. That's crazy. Who did? Rondo. 13.3 right? assists per game in the playoffs so far. We all just spoke about how LeBron James is the only reason Cleveland's doing any— Because like, Cleveland sucks. We, just, we accepted the thing that. Is, the roster sucks. Le- LeBron James wrote his own check, though. Like, the way he was, the way he was demanding all these players, all these acquisitions, all these things, pretty much ran Kyrie Irving out of town. Like, he's writing his own check. Like, if LeBron James wasn't there— He didn't write Kyrie Irving out of town. No. He did, though. No, he the did. Fa- the he's fact got a did. point. He's got a point the of what he's is, saying. If, if LeBron no. really wanted Kyrie back, he would sit down with him, have that conversation. From and say, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to win a championship with Ka- Ramon Schumper and fucking Jared Smith. Well, he apparently demanded case. the trade without even telling LeBron. So. Yeah, so he was out of the picture anyways. And I think that if you were to switch shoes for LeBron James and Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving wouldn't want out. Kyrie, Avis would, Kyrie Irving would have embraced Davis. Point, yeah. Hypothetical. So, Hypothetically. I'm the brow is selfless. The he brow is, is. is selfless. He's a good teammate. Apparently. And I, I, I don't think that's a, th- Yo, a thing you can measure in his the playoffs too. So he's averaging thirty-three points per game, twelve rebounds, wow. three blocks. Wow. Yeah, I, I, that's going to be a good series. Again, I wish Boogie was around. So that's the question I'm going to ask you guys next. Like, would what do you bo- do? Yeah, would Boogie like? Re- okay, so two two tiered question. Would a Boogie make the Pelicans a better team at this point in the playoffs? And B, what do they do with Boogie Cousins at the end of the season, especially with their playoff success? And also the fact that Boogie Cousins, a seven-foot-tall, seven 260-pound center coming off Achilles injury, we've never seen one that someone that size come back and still you'll be able to do what he did before the injury. Do you give him the, the, the max? Like, what do you do in this situation? Well, Rudy Gay, coming back from his Achilles tear, looks like I was watching him in this series. He's, he's, his hops are still there. I mean, yeah, modern about, technology. He's about six inches shorter and about 50 pounds lighter as well. I mean, well, okay, assuming that there's not going to be too much of a regression, like Boogie, I still think, I mean, I still think Boogie's better than Embiid. Like, I, I this year, I thought he was the best I would center say, in the world. I would agree I don't know with you prior forward. to the injury. I don't know what Cousins going to look like coming back from a catastrophic Achilles injury. Again, it's a massive mountain of a man, a guy who depends on his physical quickness, especially in low post. To, that, that's his no, he, butter, I mean, you know? I, I just, I, I, I'm a mobile, like a... He's strength and skill-based, though. Is, he's strength and skill-based. But his his movement, like... Okay, so, but let's, okay, let's just assume, game. though, that, let's just say, let's assume that they do their tests on him and, and, and he... He's recovering well, and they expect a pretty close to full recovery. Because if you get ninety-five percent of what he was, he is still a great, a great talent. The issue is: is it stylistically beneficial to retain him or break up that dollar for some for some Let's change? Say hypothetically, thirty-eight some- million dollars. That's thirty-eight million dollars. That's two guys. That's that's a wing, and that's a, like re-signing Miritich or something. You know what I mean? Like, clearly the Miritich Davis tandem has clicked in playoffs. You know, Holiday Rondo backcourt looks decent. Obviously, the most glaring hole is a three. But you not, can use not that money. Not my boy Etwan Moore, but no, you like you can use be- that money and get a legitimate exactly. three. Yeah, out of all out of all the teams. Uh, New Orleans has found something with this group that they have right now, and that's minus Boogie Cousins. So, or a competent I, bench, or a hold guy on. But but they were when he went down, they had just actually turned the corner. Exactly. And they so they weren't like they didn't get better when he went down. They just kind of sustained. I think we're yeah, understanding. Yeah. Right? Like their record was still good. And, right. Like, and everybody he, thought they were going to tank after he went down. 
Yeah, no, so it's, it's interesting, though, but it's not like, okay, they were bad, and then he went down, and then they got good. They they, they, they were get, they were bad to start, and they got good, and then that happened, and they were able to sustain it. So I actually don't know what you do. Well, I mean, I really don't that, know. The fact that they were able to do, like, to sweep Portland, though. Yeah, exactly. Without, That's a, without Boogie Cousins, I think is a big indicator. And Portland was a three able. seed in the West. But I always thought they were overrated, man. The thing is, you're not going to get anything for Boogie Cousins, right? Like, that, that's the only thing is, you're not, it's not like you're able to trade him. Uh, right now, you're just basically asking I'll, right now. Yeah, if but you we'll him take him. Not signing I'll him. take him on the Raptors any day, man. Though, but right? I'm just saying, like, you have to look at the free agent market. Like, there, there's a lot of factors that go into that, right? Like, it's not just as simple. Like, what would replace that I guess is my question. Like, are there going to be actual options this off season? Is it going to be next point. off season? Like, yeah. What else is available? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sure they have the money. Is New Orleans even a free agent market? Like, the fact that they got someone like the big yeah, come look, on, they, the got, they got they got Boogie by by trade, and they got Davis by draft. draft yeah. So they're not like a free agent, you know, haven. Chris Paul left. Like, you know, like mm-hmm, it, it's one mm-hmm. of those things where they have an opportunity to have two superstars in the city. Mm-hmm. Why not roll with it? Like you said earlier, they were doing well. I think I heard earlier they, they want to offer him a two- or three-year contract yeah, I, short I think, of the max, which I is, think, I think, perfect yeah, for no, what for they sure. should do. And this might, that, that's the thing. Injury? It that might actually work out, Brandon, where because of the injury, they're able to offer him like less than they would have had to. And they're going to say, hey, man, we yeah, want you around, but understandably, and I think that's the only way it makes sense for them. He's still going to get the max. Exactly. And use the money to get other... You're telling me the Lakers are not going to throw him like a super max contract? For sure. I don't think Boogie... See, this... I think he doesn't want the money. I think he wants to be accepted somewhere. The thing that boggles my mind right now, we're understating the value of Nikolai Mirotic right now. The guy who's averaging 22 points per game in April, 10.7 rebounds, shooting 53% come playoff time. The guy's doing 18 points. 3, 9.5, 57% from the field. 46% awesome. from three. Incredible. I hated Mir to start the season. I, I I call him a fucking bum, basically. But him and Davis have clicked. Like I just, he's a bum! He's a bum! <laughs> no, not, I not just, to mention I the 41 minutes he put in. I don't see a point of signing Cousins to the max when you can get Mir for half the price. I mean... It's worked he's, out. They swept the Trailblazers. He's, he's half the player. I'm not saying he's he's like when you compare Cousins and Miritich, yeah, 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 odds yeah, 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 better yeah, yeah, yeah. player. I'm saying who is more conducive to success on the Pelicans roster. But you could no. I mean, but couldn't you have both? Well, no, because yeah, Miritich, Miritich is a power off the power forward. You have to put Cousins and Davis. No, no, no. no, 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 no. But other. you bring Miritich out off the bench. No, the and when you want to go small, wise. you put Davis. Yeah, at but the five. Miritich and Davis. Why? How much does Miritich want? How much is he making? He's it's Boogie that's going to go up. He's playing himself to a 20 million per year contract. Is what Miritich is doing right now. 20? Yes. Hell no. All I know is New Orleans is in a great position right now, so they can offer Boogie whatever they want, and if he doesn't sign it, they're not at a loss. It's up to him. And, and that's no, But I think he really does want to stay there. I think he's worth at least, in this today's NBA, Mir- Miritich is at least, well, first of all, Boogie's max, and Miritich would be at least 18. What, how much million. is Lou Williams making a year? 8.5. But and how is Miritich valued at $20 million? Because stretch forwards like that are a But he's heavily, dozen. but he's so inconsistent. Well, apparently but he's not. Been for the the playoffs, so far, especially at the end of the day, the playoffs is where it matters. Yo, Lou Will, playoff Rondo, Lou playoff Nurchich. I think I think the 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 salary cap is dipping a bit, right? So twenty no, million is going up. This year, it's going up. It's going to go really? up. It's going up. Yeah. Jesus, man. All right, moving down the list: yeah. Houston Rockets, Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, very interesting game last night. Houston Rockets came out a little flat in the first half and put up an incredible third quarter performance. Solidifying the victory, uh, making the series 3-1 right now. Minnesota Timberwolves, obviously, biggest issue is the lack of urgency from their star players, i.e. Carlton Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Guys, what are your impression of the series? Do you think the Timberwolves have any ability to scrape back and win this game in seven? 
No. No, this, this series is done. I. You know what, though? If they won that game, I would have said maybe. And and I was just telling these guys, you know, the only difference between the Raptors series and the Rockets series is, is that the Rockets came out. Because you... Against again, Minnesota is a good eighth seed. They're not like a regular eighth seed. They had injuries, they dropped down the standings, and the first place seed ends up playing the eighth. The only difference between us and them is that the Rockets came out in that second half and just dominated them for a quarter on their uh on the opposing team's home floor. Right? If the Raptors did that, just dominated the Wizards in the third quarter of that second game, the first game they played in the uh, in Washington, be damned. If they just took one half from them very strongly, probably be enough just to take the series. It's just the Raptors could never get a stranglehold in that series. C- couldn't do anything to get themselves there. over that hump. It was there. For but they the never stranglehold. took it. They, they never took Houston it. Houston just took a stranglehold. No, the difference maker here is that James Harden is James Harden and DeMar DeRozan is DeMar DeRozan. Because, right? and, yeah. and, and, cause, and one's and an MVP what? and one's a... Uh, exactly. That's you that game, though? Because Harden yeah. was playing like he was going to clunk it. Yeah, until and the then, third quarter happened. Yeah, and then, right, you saw them come out, I think. But uh, he. Right? this is what Brandon was alluding to earlier, I think, is the fact that he's got a gear, right? He's got that next-level switch where if he needs 21 points in a quarter, like a Steph Curry or a LeBron James, they could do it. Yeah. Like, they have the – I haven't – I mean, I know DeMar's capable, but in the playoffs, at least, we haven't it's seen something like that. And the exactly. thing is with DeMar, like, if he goes for that 21 points, everybody starts pulling the hair out of their heads because they're just like, fuck, they're doing that iso ball bullshit again, and here they go again, losing this game. So just seeing the first half of Houston, because at the end of the first half in that last game, it was Minnesota on top. They were up, I think, eight points or something like that going mm-hmm. into halftime. They, everything was working to play. Exactly. Do you think that that sort of a strategy that they employed in the first half and the inconsistent shooting from Houston is something that you're going to see as problematic against Golden State or even the Pelicans? I think with Houston, they have the ability to play down to their opponents, and that's what they're doing this series. And I, and I think when they play better competition, they play up. Like, the defense gets tighter, uh, the shots get more crisp, and ultimately, they hit their shots. I think it's also understating the loss of a guy like Luke Mabuamute. You know, that guy has been such an important piece. Uh, consistency from the three-point line, also being a multi-positional lockdown defender in the same mold as a guy like P.J. Tucker. He's like think, the best plus-minus ever, right? I think that because he they have Tucker, I, I think that they'll be fine. It's not as big of a loss as like what Roberson was for the Thunder. I'm just saying for them to beat the Golden State Warriors, to be oh. the best team in the Western Conference, they need a guy like Luke Mabuamute. I hope I said that right. Back in the fold. I question the toughness of the Houston Rockets. I well, do. That, they got P.J. Tucker. That guy's a pretty tough-looking guy. Yeah, he's tough. No, I know. Uh, but now, and that's why they got him. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, if they do take that next step over the Warriors, it won't just be because of the skill and the system. It'll be because they, like, they're going to have to fight them. Because watching the Warriors, for all of what you think about Steve Kerr, he's a pretty boy. Steve Kerr got into a fist fight with Michael Jordan. Steve Kerr is competitive. He's Steve, Steve Kerr a pretty boy. Like, he doesn't look like a, a hard nose. He's not Tom like Thibodeau. white? He sits back. No, you look at Tom Thibodeau. He's like, hands, hands, right? Like, Steve Kerr sits back, crosses his legs. But I'll tell you, his teams play who tough. Does, who does Tom Thibodeau remind you of? John Voigt. John Voigt. We're going to drop him again. Every single podcast John Voigt, the Friday end Night of Lights. this podcast existence will drop the disgusting name of John Voigt at least once or twice. Um, personally, for me, I don't know if you guys mentioned this already, but Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, specifically Andrew Wiggins, though. Like, his, his just evolution as a player has been so underwhelming. Like, coming in, he had the physical makeup to be such a well-rounded basketball player. And he clearly, doesn't, he doesn't show any sense of urgency to develop. He doesn't look and, hungry. Exactly. You know, he, he, he got paid. 
<laughs> like I tell Javon this all the time. He's a high. He's an inefficient high volume shooter, and that is it. That is it. That is his. That is his skill set. That's his makeup right now. Yo, I would take Andrew Wiggins on the Raptors, man. We need a good three. Yeah. And I would take Jimmy Butler as well. I would take LeBron James and all you, hypothetical. You trade OG Ananobi, Valanciunas, and something else for Wiggins? Sure. Would you guys? I, I asked you this a couple weeks ago. I would, yeah. Again. No, I would not. You know what would nah. make our team better? If we brought back Pete Maravich from the grave. Santa Bach. Rest in peace. If Pete. we added Andrew Wiggins, just another <laughs> non-playoff performer to our team. Great. Oh, yeah. That's what Great. we need. Great. That's what we need. All right, guys, moving down to the last matchup of the Western Conference playoffs picture. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Utah Uh, Jazz. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm Nostradamus because I talked uh, to Frank about this last week, and I know he has a hard-on for the OKC Thunder for some strange reason. But I love the Utah Jazz. I was trying to figure out ways that I could explain why Utah's better. I think, personally, there's a more cohesive unit, not a bunch of fucking random free agents slapped together, and hopefully they wouldn't make the fucking playoffs. Three in a row, baby. 3-1. On the brink of defeat right now, Greg, are you going to eat your goddamn words? It's not over yet. Oh, my God. It's not over yet. Delusional. I'll tell you, though, you're right. They're a better team. Uh, Whether or not that means that they'll win the series is something different. They're up (laughs) 3-1. So, the the Warriors were down 3-1. Have you seen how bad Carmelo Anthony is? 28% in the regular season on open three-point shots. Eight. This is my like gripe right now is Carmelo Anthony. Well, we'll get to that a little bit later because we have to partition this podcast in four quarters to make it. But yeah, I audio <laughs> friendly. I don't know what the word. Mind is. you, I'll say that I think people are, are being too hard on 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 Westbrook because of the play. Like he's not playing badly. He's giving his teammates open shots. Just not hitting Stylistically, like, this is a terrible matchup for them right now because Mello's what's happening? Well, give me a second, give me a second. Okay, so what you're seeing right now with the Utah Jazz is that they have the one guy in the basket to go bear. They got four guys spreading out the perimeter, and they're begging Russell to run that ISO straight to the basket. And who is meeting him there? Even if he beats his man, Rudy no, Gobert no. is standing in front of the no, low no, post. No, they're he playing is off a him. They're sagging off him. They're not wanting him to drive. No one wants Westbrook to drive. They're 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 sagging off him, but that's, knowing he wants that's, to drive. That's what which I'm is getting what at, though. That's Simmons, what I'm that's what I'm getting at, though. The point. I'm making is that Westbrook can't be Westbrook in a series like this. He's not an efficient volume shooter. He's not a fantastic playmaker. He's not conducive to long-term success. And I've been saying this about this guy for a while. One-on-one, he's a fantastic player. If this was the early 2000s, Russell Westbrook could carry a team to the championship. In 2018, I can't see a Russell Westbrook-led team winning the NBA championship. Like what? Russell Westbrook is most successful in transition in the open court. And they haven't got that at all. And they haven't got that. Like that, and 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 you get that by getting good defensive possessions. Mm-hmm. But they haven't been able to get any stops against Utah. Utah just keeps running amazing Andre offense. Ro- Robertson is is heavily missed. Yeah, so exactly. go on. Well, even like Ricky Rubio, he's you know, Ricky great. Walked down yeah. defense. Good, and, and I I love like I'm sorry to uh, uh, as much as I love the Thunder. Watching this series, I from the beginning liked Ricky Rubio. And again, you got a bad rap. People saying he can't shoot, but he's also such an amazing passer. He's a oh, great yeah. defender. And he's, he's showcasing. I, that. I, I love how he's met Westbrook's. Over aggressiveness with such calm. Like he drew a couple fouls on him, just outthinking him. Similar now to what we were talking Westbrook about. Chase him around. Yeah, but similar to what we were talking about with Rondo, Rubio's success is predicated on the situation he's in. You know, yeah. obviously with Minnesota, you know, he wasn't able to maximize his creativity as a playmaker. And I, I think he got a really bad rap as a defender. Right now you're seeing him on he's a. He's not a bad defender. He's a great defender. Yeah. He's an absolutely great defender. I don't know and why I, they didn't keep him. You look at how he's playing now. I think he'd look great 
with Minnesota. He would. He would. He would I think get, he would fit perfectly with Minnesota, better than Teague. Because Teague is just another scorer. He's not looking to get his guys open, get exactly. some good shots. Exactly. And you know, when I look at all of these different, all of these different matchups in the playoffs, you know, I like to look at the coaches, right? Mm-hmm. The Utah Jazz's coaches. Quinn Snyder. He's 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 running a beautiful offensive he set, and he's like picking a up diabolical motherfucker. Yeah, right? how he he's sits there. Up, like, okay, he's scheming. Like, he, he looks yeah. like a villain in a James Bond movie <laughs> with that like sort of like silken, like curly yep. hair, slick yep. back, or yep. like a really, really bags like, under his eyes from thinking up all night. Like, but yeah, you know, but he's he also looks all like of he owns guys like a really sketchy in. nightclub in like Miami as well. <laughs> Um, no, this is it's it's a very interesting matchup. I, I honestly don't see OKC being able to take out the Utah Jazz. Hypothetically speaking, Javon, with a first round dismissal, is this the last we've seen of Paul George and OKC? I think so. I think so. Like because I was watching the third quarter yesterday, and I seen Paul George just walking on defense, and then he walked up the floor on offense, and somebody threw him the ball at the top of the three point line, probably like four feet away, Fumbled and it. he just jacked it. Yeah, he just jacked it, brick. Clank, Oak, uh, Jazz went back on offense, transition, easy bucket. It's a crazy thing about it, Paul George, though. It's like we, we, we call him a superstar. We, we, we view him as one of the best wings in the NBA, and, but we see it on the Indiana Pacers is that he's not he's it's not it's specifically inconsistency it's his inability or like not wanting to be the man like not willing to put up like what we see him Donovan Mitchell put up 20-25 shots you know what I mean I don't like, even just think it's Paul George's his fault team to though. victory that kind of stuff it's, it's I'm just saying becoming fault. an alpha dog he's more with, he's, with he's more content with settling Westbrook? in as a secondary with? piece but exactly. then wouldn't that work with Westbrook I don't think the problem is with those two I think it's with Melo the third you know you mentioned and I want to I'm going to gripe about this but I mean what did you say earlier you're like oh uh, the the two and a half stars on OKC, and yep, I'm like, nope. yeah, those two and and fucking Stephen Adams. Yeah, Melo's right? not even in the picture anymore. No, but he's not, and and and, and you know, and Adams again, he's just not getting his shots, and there's no flow on offense. Like nothing, whatsoever. they got no game plan. And that, again, just to speak to the coaches, like. The guys haven't bought into what the coach is probably trying to preach. Like, he's probably preaching ball movement, run this set, run this. And Russell Westbrook is just stubborn, pig-headed, just give me the ball and let me drive to I mean, the lane. Maurice Cheeks is on that coaching staff, uh, right? You know, like, and that's, you know, that's the thing, though. When you have three supposed superstars, how do you control three such dominant personalities and get them to buy in and, and, and do the you, same you thing on offense? You don't want to overcoach them. Right? You don't want to overcoach them, but you don't want to undercoach them, which is what I think is happening right now, and letting them do what they want to do and trying to get them to figure it out. And it's just not working. But, Brandon, here's my argument as to why the series isn't over. When their backs are against the wall, you're going to see desperation. And the one thing I can say is that you're never as good as your best game, which is what the Jazz were that- for, like, and that's the thing. And you're they never as bad as your worst game. They can't play worse than this. At least they got, they're going to get it to six. Yeah. If they don't get it to six, it like uh, it's an embarrassment, for, especially for someone like Westbrook. They're going to so make the adjustments. They're going to make the adjustments. So we'll see. All right, you guys, we'll be back in a moment with Gregory's Gripe, sponsored but not sponsored Spotify. by Diamond Pizza, your number one source for pretty mediocre chicken wings and a poutine that will probably give you the runs in about half an hour. Be back in a second, guys. Kidding, the food's amazing. Ah.
All right, folks, we are back with the nation's favorite piss and moan, piss and vinegar segment. Gregory Yershadis' gripe of the week. Greg, what is your gripe, sunshine? My teams have been losing, Brandon. I'll tell you that much. First my Raptors, then my girls' team. Well, the Leafs are, very the well are the doing day. pretty the well, Leafs man. The Leafs are doing well. Brought it back to Game 7. Right, but just over the last 48 hours, 72 hours, I've endured a lot of losing, and it just capped last night when I was watching hey, you know suck, my man. thunder. Yeah, the Jazz blown. prediction last week. I was going to bring that out. Yeah. No, And that's what made it worse, right, is that knowing that you were sitting there just – just eating it up, man. Just twiddling. Oh, I was you know? anticipating this moment all week. I just couldn't wait to rub the salt in your eyes. And you go. And when things go wrong, what you do is you blame someone. And I'm gonna blame Carmelo Anthony. No shit. Okay. <laughs> and 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 here's the thing. And I always say to the oh, teams I coach and people, you know, if you give your best effort and if you're honest with yourself about your failures, you can never be mad at yourself at the end of the day, and you don't deserve blame. Mm-hmm. But when you don't learn from mistakes and when you can't look at yourself in the mirror and be honest with what you've done and who you are. The come to Jesus moment. Yeah. And Melo needs one, man. Like we got to think of when he got drafted, shots. though, man. Dwayne Wade was relegated to the bench to start the season. He had a couple decent games, I guess, for the Miami Heat in the playoffs. But same draft year. Chris Bosh is not even in the league anymore. In the league anymore. Kirk Heinrich. What? Nick Collison. Chris Kamen. These are good. Uh, the, and the only are guy who's able, been able to sustain the same amount of success from, I guess, his first LeBron. year to now is the a cyborg. In the world. Hey, what about Darko, man? Darko Militage? Well, the, I, I, I think it's <laughs> more... Interrupt no, your, your, your gripe right no, now, man, but he's, he's, but this is more of an indication that we're they're, we're they're running off his, their name as opposed to the actual his age and his ability to contribute yeah. on a nightly basis. He's being thirty three in the league for fourteen years. No, but and and again, that's not a problem because you know Father Time is undefeated and whatever. Like it's not a problem as long as you're well, like willing to accept it. And it's not like this is a guy that's like had crazy success. He's never really. Top he's ever been uh, regarding his team success is the Western Conference Finals, and that was once with the Nuggets, right? So, so it's not like he's a perennial, yeah, but like you know what I mean. Like his expectations are so high, he should be able to say, like, you so know, you're, what? you're saying that he should accept the fact that he's not the same man he was a couple of years ago, and he should be and more, adjust. more, more adapt to being part of a of a bench unit as opposed to being the uh, alpha male. Or, my my thing for him is that he's not even a bench player. He shouldn't even be in the league right now the way he's playing. No, he can still come off the bench. What does and he get do you, coming off the bench? He can still, still score. He can still score. He can still score. And that and that is the he most. He can't shoot the ball. I mentioned earlier that he's shooting twenty eight percent from open threes. If he's not draining the open three, what does he bring to the table as a basketball But I mean, player? he was never. That was never really his game. Now he's been relegated to that, and that's kind of the problem. Though his, is his game is being a three who could post up, which is an archaic skill set in two thousand eighteen. There's nothing Carmelo does in twenty eighteen. That that's would relevant. make him. That's relevant. That 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 you he know. Can't, he's a defensive liability. I think he shouldn't be in the league. I I don't think he should be even part of any bench unit. No. I don't think he should be the. I think he still has relevance. He should, well, no, so. no, no, no. He's not giving up that paycheck. You nuts. No, well, no. Look at game two. He got thirty-one minutes. He's going. He got six for ten. He got fourteen points, four rebounds, three steals. Like that's a pretty effective player. Yeah, no, he should he should be like, in the league. Brandon's Brandon's, but he but he needs to do with the whole <sighs> is stop know, man. forcing. He he needs to realize that he's not the same player and he can't take the kind of shots that he used to take. And he's taking these heat check shots, right? Just and because he's he's refusing to accept the fact that he's not that player anymore. And that if you really want to win. 
then sometimes you got to take a step back and find different ways to help your team. But this comes back, sorry, I was going to say just quickly that this comes back to my problem with Russell Westbrook and him leading your team is if Russell Westbrook passes you the ball and you're Carmelo Anthony, you're almost expected to shoot it. Because you know that he's going for assists, like you know that that's kind of your your role, right? That's your no. Westbrook that, wants to win. It's but just like everyone on Cleveland right now. When LeBron passes in the, the playoffs, ball, he wants to win. When LeBron passes the ball to someone on Cleveland, they're supposed to shoot, right? Because he's trying to get it. It's just like that in OKC. Like it's not really, and this is why the Jazz are winning because they're more of a team. OKC is a bunch of players that are worried about more like their stats and, and everything else. Like it, it just seems like that, anyways. Like that's my biggest issue right now with that. I agree, Carmelo Anthony. That's the obvious take is that he's playing like shit. But I still think it all stems from from Russell Westbrook being the leader of that team. Look, but Iverson led a team to the finals, and he was the same type of player. Yeah, he never Though, won. But but those guys can get you to those places off the look. They're different types of leaders. Okay, Westbrook. It's he also might different be selfish, era, though, but well, but listen, he might be selfish in some ways, but he gives you heart. He gives you everything. He'll put his body out there on on the line. I disagree with the notion that this guy can't, you know, be a, a leader at the highest level. I don't know if that's fair. Sorry, Russell this Westbrook year, saying being a leader at the highest level. I I think he can be a. It's leader not a at the matter of being level. a leader. There's different it's types of leaders. It's a matter of, of his skill set being conducive to long term success or his skill set. Success. His skill set is in the like the top tier in the world. Like it, it it's about his personality. I think a lot of people think that he's a bad teammate. A lot of people think he makes bad decisions. He's over ag- aggressive. He is Though, in 100%. some of these games. In some of these games, to me, the only difference between the the Thunder winning or losing them is just like Melo clanking fucking open shots, Patterson clanking, and not getting steals and running in transition. You could be right. You could be right in the sense and like it's a fall flipping, on flipping Westbrook, a lily. What I just said, like Carmelo may not. I think Carmelo may not be completely washed. Like we saw what happened to Victor Oladipo last season. You know, like a breath of fresh air, playing like a different team, different unit. You know. Carmelo maybe is not in the right situation. I think we can all agree that there's more than one issue wrong with OKC right now. It's a culmination of Westbrook, Carmelo, and their guys unable to hit shots. But do you know why ultimately this upsets me so much? Is because now there's no one that's going to beat the fucking Warriors. Okay? (laughs) I was clinging to the hope that someone will beat the Golden State Collective. New Orleans Pelicans, baby. Resistance (laughs) is futile. Thank you very much for listening, guys. We'll be back next week, maybe earlier than that. Uh, Hopefully, you guys are enjoying playoff basketball. Let's go, Raptors! Hopefully, the Raptors will still be in the playoffs come next podcast. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, guys. You can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, Hopefully, the game will be back next week. And with that, peace out, Toronto. Bless up. Fun. 1.2 seconds to go! Vince Carter!